Today marks 100 days to the November the 1st election. As the parties and politicians to continue to position themselves, Dr. Gail Talshir, a researcher in the political science department of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, says that voter turnout will be critical in determining whether or not Israel's political gridlock is broken. Do you think this fifth election in less than four years is going to get Israel out of its political gridlock? Um, the honest answer is we will not know before um, uh, the morning after. So uh, the main thing that this election will depend on would be the um, the level of participation, because as we know, frequent elections usually bring down the uh, the turnout of the uh, of the voters and the fascinating questions in terms of Israel is whether this will uh, something will be something we will see across the board or whether some uh, people say in the periphery in the Arab society or in other such uh, sectors uh, will have um, um, less turnout than they used to uh, before. We can already say that over the last uh, four uh, rapid runs of elections in Israel, um, we saw very high levels of participation participation of the center-left, and we saw a very fascinating fluctuation in terms of the Arab society uh, rising to the top of 60, almost 65%. Uh, in the 2020 elections and dropping uh, uh, very sharply uh, in 21 to uh, 40, almost 45 percent, 20 percent less uh, than uh, the year before. So uh, we would uh, be watching carefully what's what's uh, going to happen in the Arab society because this uh, is going to have an effect on the whole political system and the question of w- which uh, of the uh, of the blocks are, uh, is actually going to have uh, the majority and will be able uh, to create a government should one of the blocks would actually uh, have uh, the power to do so. The fact that there was an Arab party in this government of change, the most recent government, could that be a galvanizing factor, do you think, in the Arab society? Absolutely. What we know about the Arab society is, first of all, that the highest turnout was when they ran as one united uh, list uh, called the Meshutefet with Ram, uh, Mansour Abbas's party, as part of it. So both in 2015 and 2020, uh, they ran as one list of uh, all the Arab parties and they received uh, above 60 percent of turnout. Uh, this is already what we know. So when they run um, uh, in uh, in a split um, ticket, meaning that one or two of the parties uh, uh, run apart, they receive much lower um, uh, results. So that means that um, we are watching whether the competition between the Meshutef at the joint list and uh, Mansour Abbas's Islamist party, Ram, is actually going to raise the turnout or whether uh, people in the Arab society are going to turn away from politics and say, look, they're just it's just personal strife and uh, uh, we're not going to vote. So this is one thing uh, we, we can already say. The other thing is that Mansour Abbas 
uh, changed the paradigm. So from his perspective, uh, he said his analysis is that the Arab uh, society is 21% of Israeli society. They are uh, full citizens of Israel, and therefore they should be involved, acutely involved in uh, all Israeli policies, and especially uh, uh, in anything related to the Arab society. So the kind of line that Abbas is um, driving is that he is striving to be part of a coalition, any coalition. Now, only yesterday he said that uh, he is still committed to the coalition of change, which is very interesting because only one year ago he said that he feels more natural in the conservative bloc of Netanyahu. So, first of all, yes, Mansour Abbas's participation in the coalition uh, is going to have an effect. Second, we already see that Lapid, as the uh, prime minister uh, in this uh, transition period, actually says that he will not sit with the extremes, meaning that he is saying that he will not be sitting with the um, joint uh, list, the Arab joint list. Uh, so this uh, may have a, an effect on the uh, turnout. And generally, we're watching a new kind of struggle within the Arab society. Uh, the more integrationist approach uh, probably are going to uh, vote for Abbas should he convince them that he, it is not just about the Islamic party, but also about integrating into the Israeli society. And the more... Um, um, the more adamant parts of the Arab society dealing with the Palestinian issue, uh, with uh, the occupation, and also uh, firmly belonging um, to the uh, democratic or left uh, of center uh, um, camp are going to be campaigning on the different kind of uh, agenda. And we'll see how this uh, struggle is going to affect Israeli politics. And looking at the center-left parties, as you mentioned, or I guess, and even the center-right, we're seeing a lot of shifting there. Will merits and labor merge? Right now, blue and white in Yeshati, there's a rivalry there over who's going to press ahead. Do you have any sense how those things will settle out? Yeah, we have to uh, adopt two different perspectives. One perspective is the ideological um, uh, analysis of what's happening in this particular Israeli elections. And Pretty much um, the lines uh, are coordinated uh, like they were over the last election, meaning those uh, who, who want a more, um, a more public interest-oriented mamlakhti, what we call, um, uh, and democratic agenda, liberal and national uh, democratic agenda are going to be aligned to the uh, center-left. And those who want to who want to have uh, Netanyahu as the ultimate leader with a more ethno-religious uh, kind of approach to Israel and uh, um, a blunt uh, struggle against um, the more critical and uh, democratic institutions of Israel, like the Supreme Court, are going to be aligned with uh, Netanyahu's. Uh, um, what they call the national camp. So ideologically, it is still this uh, fault line, meaning that the liberal national right is actually aligned with the center and with the left because they want uh, a more democratic, uh, liberal 
national kind of uh, of uh, agenda. But within that, uh, the other dimension is the tactical dimension because what we see evolving over the last uh, three weeks already is not just a struggle between Yair Lapid, uh, the leader of the left uh, of center camp, and then Netanyahu, the leader of uh, the national camp, the right uh, camp, but we see that Gansa is trying to find his way into a position of the third candidate. And the reason why this makes a difference, even though his agenda is very similar to that of uh, Lapid, is because of the tactical considerations that Gantz is basically saying, I am able to create a government with the ultra-Orthodox uh, uh, parties that were the natural parties of uh, Netanyahu for many, many uh, years now. So he says that, yes, uh, Yair Lapid may have uh, the uh, the bigger party of the center-left, but I'm the only one that can actually bring the ultra-Orthodox, and by that, not be um, depending on uh, the Arab joint list and other uh, extreme factors. So we are going to see a three heads uh, kind of competition between uh, Lapid, Gantz and uh, Netanyahu. uh, And the main perspective on that is what kind of government we can expect in the day after the election. And from the Likud's perspective and any kind of signaling from other parties, how does the math work out? What is happening with Yamina? I mean, we don't know any of these things yet, but it seems that there's more shifting there. Is it is it as clear a change versus a Netanyahu government or a for Bibi or against Bibi, which uh, characterized the previous campaigns? Um, the bottom line is yes. It is still about yes or not uh, uh, to Bibi. Uh, but as you said before, the actual um, debates are a bit different. So one question is whether uh, on the on the left, whether uh, Labour and Merit are going to uh, merge, and uh, uh, it seems uh, that the answer will be no, a resounding no, because uh, Michaeli has no interest in uh, merging with uh, Merit. So this is uh, one question. The other question is what's going to happen uh, on the extreme right, whether Ben Gvir and Smutrich are going to run uh, as uh, one uh, uh, list. And uh, even though we see strife uh, as we speak between Benvir and uh, and Smutrich, especially on the issue of uh, the composition of uh, the uh, joint uh, uh, list uh, that will finally be um, represented in the Knesset, it seems that uh, there will be a lot of pressure on them and uh, and uh, we can expect them to run together and uh, resolve their uh, differences. Uh, as uh, for Yamina, Yamina is now a different creature than the Yamina we saw only one year ago, uh, because uh, now all the liberal nationals that uh, were actually saying uh, we are not uh, uh, sitting with uh, Netanyahu because of his uh, corruption trials and uh, uh, his attempts to um, um, to change the uh, rules of the game and to uh, weaken uh, uh, the Supreme Court, uh, these parts of Yamina have now departed. So Yamina today, led by uh, Shaked, uh, is much more 
uh, within the Netanyahu bloc than, uh, than uh, the uh, center-left bloc. But then again, the chances of Yamina led by Shaket to actually pass the threshold of uh, 4% uh, do not seem realistic uh, right now. So we might see another kind of um, merging with the Jewish home, uh, Baita UD, or some other uh, uh, party. But as it looks now, Yamina is not going to pass the threshold, and uh, probably there will be a lot of pressure on Shaket to actually defect from the uh, uh, from uh, this uh, election, she might be able to get some sort of uh, promises for a ministerial uh, position after the elections. Again, the the right wing is not going to uh, be tolerate uh, to small parties that just will take right wing votes and uh, would not actually pass uh, the threshold. So we're still going to see a struggle, and we have to watch whether Yamina is actually. Uh, um, looking as if uh, it's going to pass the 4% uh, or whether uh, a lot of pressure is going to, to be put on Yamina to actually withdraw uh, from uh, this election. My prediction is that Ayala Chaked would not uh, get to the finish line.